Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. And welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 503. I am your fill in host today, Tom Marks, joined by Mr. Zach. It's me. I'm Hi, here. Altano. Hi. <laughs> oh, that was nice. <laughs> and all the way from the East Coast, Mr. Seth Mason. Hello. Ooh, I like that too. Uh, we've got a couple of people out, but we're shifting around. We've got a good cast for you. We've got a good show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff. Our lead topic will be about 
uh, what's happening in Cooking Mama Land, because that's a whole surreal story to go into. We've also got some great news. We're going to be picking uh, some of our kind of top picks recommendations from the big eShop sales that are going on right now. There's a couple big publisher shit sales. Uh, and then we're supposed to be talking about games and do another show and tell segment, show off some stuff in our house. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a good show. Let's jump right into it, though, with uh, the the first topic of the day, the big one. Uh, what 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 is going on with Cooking Mama Cookstar? Like, That's a knows? great question. Um, to set this up, you might have heard that a Cooking Mama game was coming out uh, in, in, you know, we've talked about it over the last few months. I think it got leaked and then announced late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that game came out last month, but then was removed from the eShop, showed up on some store shelves, but not all store shelves. Uh, the information around it was just like really confusing. Joe Scrabbles, our, our lovely gentleman executive news editor over in the uk wrote this great article kind of like trying to track down everything but like we we don't know this game is sort of in release limbo right like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of released but sort of not some people are playing it some people aren't it's very strange yeah it looks like it launched digitally for like an hour or two and then was pulled from the eShop. so if you happen to get it in that window which i know millions of you did because you couldn't wait um no, actually, mama heads. Yeah, I actually really like. I I really did like a lot of the older Cooking Mama games. I play I play them a lot. Um, and then there are there are physical versions of this game in the wild in some places, which is already a, a nebulous thing because of what's going on with the global pandemic. But also, you can buy some of these online. Uh, play Asia had a, had had copies, which is interesting. So you'll be able to import it if you want. Um, but the game just sort of vanished, and so I was it. Like, I guess the theory is like it's it wasn't supposed to launch yet, or it was supposed to launch yet, or the people who made it didn't want you to play it, or the people who own the IP didn't want these people to make it. There's a lot of questions here. Yeah, it's it's very confusing. Have well, first of all, let me just ask: Have any of you guys played it? No, this one. And no. I, I okay. wish I wish that I had been on the ball and had downloaded it before. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, sort of unceremoniously pulled from the eShop because this is going to be one of those games that, like, especially like physical copies, are going to be worth so much money. Like, it's going to be insane. But it's also like it's like having PT on your PlayStation Four, right? Like, it's it's one of those things where like it only existed in a bubble. It probably won't come back to the eShop given the controversy around it. And I wish so badly that I had gotten in and downloaded it before it went away. Um, one because I like some of the cooking mama games, but two, just to be a part of this like crazy history. Like this is such a wild story. I don't think we've had this sort of like urban legend uh, in gaming in a a while, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. This is a hundred percent the PT of cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, apparently Scribbles looked up on Google maps where Yeah, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of the story. Yeah. Where this game was developed and the studio's location is a like a spooky haunted cabin. It's just like, like a weird in, cabin in, in the, the middle Siberian of the Siberian taiga. Yeah, it's so, so bizarre. So this is this is like we've only started peeling off the first layers of this onion, right? Because Which you what can do. Happening? Co- <laughs> <laughs> what are the key features? <laughs> very good, very good. Um, because the weird thing that happened was, and as people started playing this game and this started being talked about. There were people who started going, Cooking Mama Cookstar is secretly mining cryptocurrency in the yeah, background the on your Switch. 
causing it to overheat and drain the battery and you can't play it unless you're playing online which proves this um which i was like wait your switch can do that but you can't change the theme or have like a web browser or <laughs> net netflix but it, it can mine cryptocurrency out of a haunted house yeah so the and the thing that added to all this too was like for the first few days of this story going out after our story and just other people talking about it like no one was talking no the developers weren't talking the publisher right. wasn't talking everyone was silent it and was no one knew what was going it's it was a, a, one of those crazy industry moments because like a lot of slack messages and emails were kind of flying around like does anyone know these people? Does anyone know the PR that is representing the, this company? Like, can anybody get a hold of anybody here? Like, it was it was pretty wild. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, it, you know, it kind of dawned on us, like, oh, this company has seemingly come from nowhere to make this Cooking Mama game and now has dropped off the face of the earth and nobody knows where they are or how to get a hold of them for further inquiry. Like, very strange. Yeah, it also had this, like, big thing with the sort of, like, uh, Twitch streamer and YouTube community where they they were, like, I can't have this. I want this. Mm-hmm. Now I must have this. And so they did everything they could to get it down, uh, import it, pi- pirate it, whatever they could to to get footage of this thing. Because I think people are like, what's in this that's keeping us from having it? Which is amazing. And ostensibly, like, not much. Like, the people who have played it, it just seems like it's a... A cooking mama game it's not, not like not even a great one yeah i was gonna say does anybody know if it's a good cooking mama game uh i read some hands-on impressions that basically said no mm. <laughs> the <laughs> company that published this game uh or developed it planet entertainment i believe planet their entertainment other... is the publisher yeah okay their other two big published games are uh bass pro shops bass fishing championship edition and cabela's big hunt championship edition they're fair. big games. They're big games. Right, and their next one's going to be Turbo Big Bass Championship. <laughs> to be fair, don't don't sleep on Cabela's. I hear people actually really do like that series. I'm Just not saying. disparaging Cabela's or the Bass Fishing, Bass Pro Shops uh, Fishing. But to that point, no, go ahead. What was that? I don't, don't speak I... much very well. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think um, the Bass Fishing and Cabela and Cooking Mama trio or in some sort of cinematic universe where like yeah. they hunt and they bring her food to cook yeah um, of course <laughs> i think that's out. the only that's the only explanation that actually makes any sense here is that they're yeah. all in cahoots <laughs> so so just to clear some things up the developer of this game is a developer called first playable they are a dev who mainly has done educational games in the past as far as i'm understanding it planet entertainment is the publisher who is a kind of subgroup of coke media coke media you might know as yeah they're part of the um how am i forgetting this the people like they're related to the people that make metro and like those sorts of games in sort of like this big confusing hierarchy of companies that own other companies that own other companies um not as some internet conspiracy theories pointed out at all related to the Koch brothers who are <laughs> a very different group, completely unrelated, despite it's being spelled the same. Um, the creators of cooking mama and the owners of the IP are Japanese developer named office create. They, I believe are in active development and have of a cooking mama mobile game. That's just been going on for a while, but they had nothing to do as far as creating this game Cookstar. So that's kind of how that all breaks down. Apparently, also, First Playable and Planet Entertainment have come out and said, 
There's absolutely no Bitcoin mining in this game. There's no <laughs> cryptocurrency stuff. The battery life drain stuff, the overheating your switch is all false. This is all rumor. And it all stems from a... A press release that they put out in late 2019 that said that the game would incorporate blockchain technology to right. like let you resell the game and trade items Yeah, that seemingly they only ever put in there to get investors interested and then those blockchain technologies never even made it into the final game. Like people data mined Cookstar and said it's nothing like that is in there at all. Oh, so like... I love- everything that's, about this yeah it's like it's this weird web of things but that's yeah it sounds like rest. when you were a kid and you'd be on the like the playground playing foursquare and somebody'd be like dude i, I played super duper metroid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much um it gets actually a little bit wilder so you can't another one of the fact checks i wanted to mention is you can play it offline people have confirmed that so there is a lot of misinformation going around oh and you die in three days if you don't give the game to somebody else after you play that's (laughs) That's just that's just blockchaining 101 (laughs) everybody knows that here's here's where we're kind of at and here's where it gets even crazier and what i want your guys's final take on is uh, in an interview, a Screen Rant did an interview with a... Who, why are they talking to Screen Rant? That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, movies, so yeah, no movies coming out of the theaters anymore. they got to call a cooking mom. Screen Rant does game stuff too. Anyway, yeah. uh, they, they put up an interview with a developer who said that it was removed from the eShop because of a legal dispute between the IP holder, presumably Office Create, and the publisher Planet Entertainment over the quality of the game and that essentially they, they purported that office create wanted the game to be better and they wanted them to hold off before selling it uh the developer also blamed unity the game engine for the overheating problems which like oh yeah is kind of weird (laughs) and now if these claims seem sort of wild that a random interview with screen rant would suddenly be in the middle of all this having these claims First Playable responded on Twitter by saying that that developer interview was not real and that <laughs> the, the developer that they were speaking to, not saying, not saying Screen Rant made it up because Screen Rant wouldn't just like make up an interview, but that the person they talked to was lying essentially and was not anyone associated with their company. Wow. <laughs> and that's how you launch a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so we... Like that's where we're at. We don't know when it's coming out. Still, we don't know why it got pulled. For sure, we're we like we're just kind of left in this limbo of like Cooking Mama exists and doesn't. I am so, so overwhelmed with regret that I did not buy or order a physical copy of this. Yeah, I had a chance. I had the chance. Yeah. I was helping Scrabs look it up to see if I could find it, and there it was physically. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you if listeners of this show haven't read Joe Scrabble's article um, about this ever increasingly weird web of uh cooking mama uh just uh i don't know nonsense uh please read it yeah it's an excellent article um but what i want to know is like of course nintendo hasn't said anything like nintendo hasn't come out and said anything about it um am i wrong was this game in a direct or was it not in a direct i feel like it was featured in like a sizzle in a direct i can't remember Maybe. I was just trying to look it up, but I don't. I, yeah, I can't remember because it, it seems like such a weird. You know, I, I remember that it was announced around the same time as the Animal Crossing Direct, so maybe I'm just conflating the two. But yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, if I Google "Cooking Mom" and Nintendo, it's just like mountains of stories about cryptocurrency. Of course. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that's where we're at. I will say we are working on a review. Um, for, I believe it's first playable is sending us a physical copy of the game to review. So we okay. will have critical impressions of this game on IGN at some point. Great. In the future. Um, but we still have no idea what's going on. And Early game of the year contender? Probably. Who knows? Maybe. Certainly the most talked about so far. We're um, not that early in the year anymore, though. No, so. we're not. No, I was just realizing that. Yeah. It's Party April, my dude. I yeah. can't. I can't believe this situation is exists in this world. I kind of love it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kind of love that there's this like insane video game conspiracy theory story flying around. Like, I, I love that. We got one of those. <laughs> I love that it's specifically about this. This. Yeah, franchise. and th- that's the thing. It is about <laughs> Cooking Mama of all of all yeah. franchises. Look, as as weird and as crazy as this story continues to get, and. Uh, you know, like until we figure out the backstory behind it, I think that there's one thing that we can all agree on, and that's that this news is not better than Mama. Aww. <laughs> what, a, what a segue. What a sign off. <laughs> uh, let's move on to some other news as well, because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Sure. First thing I wanted to discuss was uh, E3 and the ESA has officially come out stating that they are skipping 2020. They are not doing an online event like they initially said they might when they first canceled E3. Um, so they're skipping 2020. But before I move on to the good news, uh, how do, how do, what are your guys' thoughts? Um, bummer. It's a bummer. Uh, it is a bummer. I think, you know, in the industry and outside of it, like people are always looking forward to E3 and, and the news that comes from that particular uh, event um i'm a little confused at the uh i'm a little confused at the esa's choices here you know like obviously nobody's going to hold uh even a second thought of them canceling the physical event um but i thought it was really strange that they would openly discuss having a digital event only to walk that back you know, like yeah. it just seems like maybe they jumped the gun in terms of like what their plans were and, and got out a little too early to say like, actually, we're going to do this instead. Don't worry, everybody. E3 will still be around in some regard. And then to have that go away is kind of a um, kind of a bummer. You know, I think yeah. it's it's uh, unfortunate that they didn't have their uh, ducks all in a row and, you know, have a contingency plan for this. But um, they have already announced the dates for uh, E3 2021. They're promising a, a reimagining of E3 2021. Well, E3 2020 was supposed to be a reimagining, so maybe this is a re reimagining. You know, we know that they lost their creative partner in I Am 8-Bit this year. Um, so whatever we were supposed to get this year, we're going to get something completely different next year, which yep. was going to be completely different from previous years anyway. So I don't know. E3 is in a really weird position right now, and um, I'd hate to see it go away forever. But I feel like we're teetering on that on that edge right now. So I also think it's going to, and this is like a, a much sort of bigger sentiment here. But I, I honestly think it's going to take a lot uh, to get people back into a building like that in general um, this year, next year. Uh, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna see that that happen. The, the sort of the ramifications of everything happening this year are, are going to make their way into all sort of social spaces for probably you know the next five ten years if not for the rest of our our lives um i just don't really see i don't see fifty thousand people packing into a a building again i mean you you say that but we still have no official word from comic-con about comic-con being canceled we have no official word right because too many superheroes yeah that's true (laughs) 
<laughs> they don't want to let them, want to let them all down. Uh, no, there's a there's sort of a like a tax break thing that happens if a city cancels on a convention versus when the convention cancels on the city. And oh, so San Diego comes out and says uh, we've decided to not have Comic Con this year. Then uh, essentially Comic Con gets their money back, and if Comic Con goes, oh. we're not doing it. Then the money goes where it goes. Um, that's wild. So, but yeah, I imagine so, that's I imagine that's only a matter of time, right? Of course, federal yeah. federal guidelines are going to have to mandate that they fall in line. So yeah, I mean, California in general has been one of the sort of like stricter ahead of the curve uh, states when it comes. to I mean, take a lines. look at our heat map. Like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty black and white. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see New York Comic Con happening this year. Um, Gamescom. I mean, Gamescom is four hundred thousand people, and I just, like that's in August. I can't imagine that that's still on on track. Like, yeah, I mean, they straight up. They, the, the thing that I do like about Gamescom is they've already said we're doing a digital event in some way. Um, so that's already sort of like that's they're they're laying up the expectations that that's going to fall out too. Um, but yeah, it just I I don't like in 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 a, in a lot of ways for us as Nintendo fans, um, the the thing and I've said this before, the thing I'll miss the most is their booth. But that's you know selfish because I get to go to E3. But for <laughs> anybody else watching this show, you've gotten a digital event from them for like five six years now, multiple and times a year. Yeah, and so it's it's yeah. kind of business as usual. In fact, I think that weirdly you're going to see that they are way ahead of the curve on that and for a company that's like kind of like historic historically behind on a lot of things like you know um online multiplayer and voice chat and stuff like that the show the show title is an in joke um i think the the digital event thing is something that uh every company is going to latch on to especially now more than ever so mm. yeah it's it's a, it's a bummer to see that go away uh i i would have liked to see something sort of compartmentalized underneath the e3 banner that still made it feel like something was there um but we'll see what's in store for next year Mm -hmm. hey well brian do i have good news for you do you because the esa may be skipping 2020 but ign isn't oh Uh, this is a total shameless plug but i'm saying it anyway we're hosting we announced we're going to be hosting something called the summer of gaming this june which is essentially like a digital showcase event to we're working with publishers. They're going to be doing big announcements uh, in June. We'll have a lot more details on that. You can find all the information on IGN.com, but essentially we, I think the idea is we want it to be something to look forward to that month still with big game reveals, big news, that sort of thing. So we're going to be making the summer of gaming a big old, big old fun time. And if you're uh, in the Southern hemisphere, then it's a very cold summer of gaming, but don't worry about it. It'll still be fun. Yeah. Uh, another bit of news Sorry, that... Sorry, <laughs> uh, Another bit of news that is good or bad, depending on your opinion of it. Uh, Nintendo nerfed Bunny Day, guys. Um, yep. I know you I know y'all talked about this last week uh, with the, the eggpocalypse, and <laughs> it seems that Nintendo pushed a patch, I think it was Monday, that reduced the frequency of eggs in animal crossing uh for some of the types of eggs what are you, what are your thoughts on that good um yeah i i i don't think we actually got an opportunity to talk about bunny day a lot last week um but that's mostly because uh we all hate it um right. it seems to be a bad event um no a lot of people out there really dig it but like I'm I'm glad that they they nerfed the egg ratio because like every time I fished, every time I dug something up, every time I shook a tree, eggs, 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 just like 
insane. And for somebody that's playing that game and has no desire to build those like awful Easter costumes, um, like I was just throwing them out. Like I was just selling them, you know, as soon as I got them, I was just selling them, selling them and they don't sell for a lot of money. So it was just like kind of a pointless event for me. Um, yeah, I haven't totally. seen I haven't seen Zipper on my island in a few days. I know he's out there lurking somewhere, but I haven't gone looking for him. So, yeah, yeah I haven't seen him either. I, I maybe maybe he knows I sold everything. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's pissed because um, we sold the eggs. Yeah, I, like my my whole stance on this is that this is like events like this are uh, intrinsic part of Animal Crossing and always have been. Um, and I feel like this one showed up a little too soon after like the you know, the new car smell was still there. Like everyone had just gotten this game and they suddenly sprung on this like 10, 12 day long event that was completely insane and removed uh, like a lot of the stuff that people were working towards, which is resources and, you know, uh, catalogs and fish and and bugs and stuff like that. Um, And replaced it with all this like incredibly kind of hideous garish like cheap garbage from the dollar store. Like it's just really bad. And I like for us OGs who've been playing Animal Crossing for a long time, I'm like, I know this is part of it. I get it. But you, this is too much too soon. This is like, this is fine. It's, it's just like we're on a second date right now. And we just found out about some of your most insane hobbies. Like you need to save that for four or five or something. Like we're not, we're not there yet. And everybody was really <laughs> liking this game. And I think for a lot of people, it was like a splash of water in the face. And was like, you got to play this game less. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? I mean, it's and by it no means, worked. it's by no means a deal breaker. Like I still have played obsessively throughout bunny day, but I just like, you know, we're in the fortunate position that we got copies a little bit early and got started a head start on everybody. So um, we meaning you two. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, I just I meant the royal we as an IGN <laughs> oh, yeah, no, okay. baby. Uh, no, but um, so you know, like I, I feel for like what you're saying, Brian. Like a lot of people that got this game on launch day, or even you know a week later or something, were hit with this sort of roadblock because you're out there trying to farm twenty nuggies so you can make <laughs> expand the store or whatever, and it's like I'm not getting any nuggies from these rocks. I'm only getting eggs, and nobody likes eggs yeah well, i can't i can't imagine trying to start this game during this event that would be insane yeah it's just an unfortunate side effect of the game launching in late march because like they're right up against non-denominational egg holiday and i think it's a <laughs> catch-22 because i think that if they hadn't done a non-denominational egg holiday event people would be like what the hell where's our non-denominational egg holiday event mm. but uh on the flip side they did the non-denominational egg holiday event and everybody's pissed about it. <laughs> which is like, which is funny. Cause I've, I've read a bunch of comments from people when we do bunny day coverage. What a stupid sentence um, where they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, Oh, what you can't, why, why can't you call it what it is? It's Easter. And I was like, well, we didn't name this. And also would you rather that animal crossing tackle the death, like the death and subsequent <laughs> resurrection <laughs> of Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is it is called Easter in Japan, I think. Like yeah. I think the oh, event is just the Easter event in Japan. It's just in the states where they're like, "This is a non-denominational egg holiday." Well, the yeah. good news is it's 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 over on the twelfth, right? Yeah. Unless you're Orthodox, and then it's the nineteenth, or right. unless you're time traveling. That was a, that was a religious joke. Thank you. <laughs> you're time traveling. It's over right now. It's been great. I got to I got to kill that awful rabbit with a system setting. Um, <laughs> There's a couple things, though, that I think is interesting. One, uh, in a very un-Nintendo move by Nintendo, they patched this game based on response. Yeah. It's like, usually, 
you know, like people can complain about a Nintendo game, and Nintendo's like, this is the way we made the game. Deal with it. Turn up the like, dial a little bit. We'll yeah. And so like I thought that it was actually pretty impressive that they were like, hey, we hear you. We're going to nerf this, uh, you know, the, the egg ratio here. Um, and secondly, I had a second point, but I completely forget it now. So uh, anybody else want to talk about this game? I didn't. Um, I don't mind egg day at all. I didn't uh, really notice that the, the egg drops went down because it didn't bother me that much. I guess I don't play nearly as much as, as you guys do. There are some people who play a lot of this game. No, I do too. I play it a lot. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think that there's there's people that think this is annoying. There's people that think this is annoying, but say that it's not. And then there's serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's really funny because like we're you know That's we have it. a morning we have a morning stand up every morning where we talk about the coverage that we're doing. And you know Sam's talking about uh, oh yeah we're doing all this bunny day coverage and like people in the chat are going off like oh stupid eggs oh I hate these eggs. And then, like, very quietly, Miranda's like, I like the eggs. I think the eggs are good. You know, and it's like, I, I feel bad for those folks that have to deal with all of us being like, oh, the eggs are bad in this children's game. Uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't spend too much time on this because I was going to talk about it later. Um, but can I, I, can I, I say one thing real quick when you're done? Yes. Uh, I, I spent all of last week reviewing Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I literally didn't play any Bunny Day stuff until, like, yesterday. And so I'm still in this honeymoon period where I'm like, oh, these eggs are pretty cute. And like, I know in three days I'm going to be like, please end it, God. Well, well, but, well. Who's got, who's got an advanced copy now, Tom Marks? Yeah, exactly. Wow. The egg, is on the, other, the egg is on the other foot, huh? I don't have that. You know what I have? Eggs. <laughs> Brian, what's your final thought to no, save no, no, us um, from this? Zach mentioned that it's like this is an event for children, and I I I told you guys that like my my toddler in the morning has come over and like sat on my lap and watched me play Animal Crossing, and she gets really excited when I run by like a pond or the sea and there's a fish, which means she's constantly excited. And so multiple times I've like cast the line in, she's been like fish, and I pull out an egg, and she just goes egg. <laughs> and that's that's my review of Egg Day. <laughs> I like it. Uh, as that's so as good. Seth- Seth did mention Bunny Day is the 12th for the Northern Hemisphere, so it'll be over by the on the 13th. The 13th, it'll be gone. Uh, also, Cherry Blossoms leave on the uh, 11th is the last day for Cherry Blossoms. I kind of like that. So much, yeah. so much cooler. Yeah. I am I kind of bummed because, I like, my... you could. I just thought it was a thing in the background floating around. I didn't know you could catch them, so I have <laughs> yeah. like all these Cherry Blossoms <laughs> I need to catch now. I, yeah. I really like the. Uh, I really like the the mix up of like uh green and and cherry blossom trees and i you know i've gotten to a point in the game where i'm like really rethinking the my town's layout and stuff or my island's layout and i would love to have some pink trees in places but i know that those are going to go away so it's like well i guess it'll just be like a regular tree here which isn't you know it's not the same i'm kind of bummed that leave some pink eggs all over town Moving on, I wanted to touch real quickly on the last uh, news topic today, which is that the Lego Super Mario sets got dates and prices. Yeah. Uh, so they're coming August 1st. They're available for pre-order now. The base starter set is $60. Uh, and then they have a Piranha Plant expansion for 30 a Bowser's Castle expansion for 100 and then there's a Monty Mole and Super Mushroom expansion for 15 that you can only get if you, like, as a pre-order bonus. Um, any any quick thoughts on these? I, to me, the thing that jumped out to me was just that sixty dollars for a Lego set, and this is you know it's a different thing. It's electronic; it ties in. Sixty dollars for a Lego set isn't unthinkable, but sixty dollars for a Lego set that is only two hundred and thirty-one pieces sounded a little strange to me. Let's get a little computer inside. 
that's true. Mario computer. Yeah. And he goes, Wahoo! Yeah. That's just, that was my gut impulse, I guess. Zach and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, day before. Uh, time doesn't, isn't real anymore. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, 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 like, I'm not crazy about these, the set, because I, I feel like it's, it's like halfway, halfway between where I wanted it to be, uh, being like a minifig set. Um, and then also halfway between Duplos, which like <laughs> are for literal babies, which would be fine if it was the whole thing was just for literal babies, but it's not. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of let down here. I really wish they had just done in the same way they do Ninja Turtles and Marvel and everything else. Um, just had done a line of of Mario themed minifigs and a Bowser's Castle set for 150 bucks that you know looks like the Disney Castle set that they've made. Like I'm a you know I I love the Star Wars Legos. I always have. And this is kind of a swing and a miss for me. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty surprised that they didn't just do like a Mario Lego set because we haven't gotten those and they would. Here's why. That's boring. This is a cool and exciting new toy for people to play with that has a little computer inside that makes coin sounds and says Wahoo. Did you pre-order it, Seth? I haven't pre-ordered it. It's not in my budget. Ah, I see. Yeah. You got a you got a strict you got a strict budgie for Legos or you got a strict Lego budgie, yeah, bud. All right, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian and I, you know, Brian mentioned that we were talking about this yesterday. Like my overall thought is like it's not for me. Like this is obviously for a different audience. Like I, I'm an old man and would like a traditional Lego set that is Nintendo themed, but that's fine. Um, I think that the the bigger theme here is that this is the you know second or third Nintendo partnership that uh, we've seen and the second or third time that it's been a miss. And it's disappointing to me that Nintendo is finally ready to play ball with partnerships and is ready to like make the money that we've been asking them to make through clothing lines and toys and et cetera. And they're just missing the mark. Like I personally, I just think that the stuff that they're making and the, the ways that they're partnering is like sort of ugly and not really interesting to me. Um, and it's funny to think about, you know, five years ago when I was starting on Nintendo voice chat and talking about, Oh, I'd love it if there was Nintendo Legos or I'd love it if there was a Mario movie. And you know, now it's like, well, Maybe not like this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I I love Levi's. I love Lego. Like it, you know, telling me that the, those worlds were combined with Nintendo, I I like lit up. I was like, this is gonna be great. And uh, it's been like a total swing and a miss for both those things. The the good news is that um, Nintendo is partnering with Uniqlo uh, in May for their 35th anniversary of Mario. Uh, yeah, cool stuff. Cool because yeah, that's, it's also showing they're they're starting to publicly acknowledge the. Mario birthday thing and uh that's I don't know adds a adds a little bit of like validity validity to maybe some of the rumors about all the games and stuff like that coming um and so uh I actually like some of the stuff they're doing in that line it's a little more simple Seth did you order any of the Levi's Mario stuff no it, that was also the Levi's budget is is pretty tight right <laughs> So no, I didn't. But I, I eat all that stuff up. Like the the gaudier the better. So like a full print mm-hmm. pair of Super Mario overalls. Like yeah, that that was extremely in my wheelhouse. But <laughs> um, one strap undone. Marky so <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see these things. I think I'm going to make my final call when we actually get them and see like kind of how interesting that functionality is. But again. It's for a younger audience for sure, and there's nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. Uh, I do want to spend a quick second um, 
looking over some of these deals that are on the eShop right now. WB oh, did someone Seth- say deals? Yeah, dealsman Seth Macy is here to discuss this. <laughs> WB Sega and Ubisoft all have these spring sales on the eShop right now. Sega ends on the 13th, WB on the 16th, and Ubisoft on the 20th. Uh, so they're all for varying amounts of time. Um, but yeah, th- there are some pretty steep, cool games in here. So I, I just want to know, like, what's your... <laughs> of what? note, steep is not a game that's in the sales. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Uh, which is okay. Switch, right? I, w- I wouldn't recommend it even if it had come to Switch. Um, let's let's okay. real quick just run down kind of your top pick, and we'll start with Mr. Dealsman, Seth Macy. I'm going to go, I'm going to say, hey, folks, go play Valkyria Chronicles 4. That's a real mm-hmm. fun game. And I it's can't. on sale $14.99. Yeah, that's, that's, down, half that's half off. Yeah. yeah. And I would throw my weight behind that, too, because I love the Valkyria Chronicles games. Leading into a Zach Ryan. Well, I was also going to say, I was going to suggest the original Valkyria Chronicles as like a cool hybrid sort of uh, shooter slash strategy game. But since y'all have already championed uh, Valkyria Chronicles, I'll go ahead and throw a vote for Starlink Battle for Atlas in the mix. Um, that is an extremely good game. Starlink is an awesome, awesome game. We talked about it here on the show uh, quite a bit when it came out, but that game is the Star Fox game that we've wanted since Star Fox 64. Um, and in fact, includes Star Fox and his friends. So I would say as a Nintendo fan, if you haven't picked up um, Starlink, that's, uh, that's a pretty good choice. And this is a really good deal. And you don't need the toys. You don't need the ships that go along. You can with get it. those yeah. toys, though, for like pennies. Yeah, you can get them for like, you can get it literally for like a dollar. Like they're yeah. super cheap. Yeah. In fact, I would actually recommend you buy the digital version over the toys because if you buy this digital deluxe edition which is on sale right now for $23 down from 80 you get essentially every ship in the game every right. ship you would need for a price that is insanely cheap compared to what it was at launch and especially what it was at launch if you were buying physical so uh yeah it's i i'd throw my way behind that one too that thing's on sale like six it's like two-thirds off right now it's really that's good. a lot of scratch baby uh <laughs> the other thing i will throw in because Valky- the valkyria chronicle series is absolutely one of my favorite series like flat out ever uh just a quick recommendation i think the first game has a far better story and i think the fourth game has far better gameplay so kind of take that with what you will they're both excellent games though so you know if you, so, if you want the story go for the first one if you want just a little more polished go for the fourth two and three aren't on switch two and three are not on switch two and three were psp PSP games yeah three never even came to the u.s ah uh, that's right okay yeah got it uh brian did you have any uh shout outs here did you- uh yeah i kind of want to say either diablo 3 which is i think 50 percent oh. off right now um and also uh mario and rabbits which is yeah. down to 15 bucks uh if you missed that game for some odd reason or it didn't look like it would be for you uh i think that was our gut reaction immediately for pretty much everyone on earth and most of us huh. uh proved ourselves wrong there um yeah it's a delightful strategy game it's fun as hell it's got uh like tons of really great uh like mario personality in it despite being um a rabbits game uh it's it totally works it's i don't know how i don't know why but uh it's it's great and mario and rabbits is 15 dollars right now down from 60 so it's 75 percent off and you can get the gold edition which is i believe includes like that dk dlc for like only five dollars more so that's another yeah. really hearty recommendation these are some like very the reason i wanted to do this is because these are some really good games at like genuinely steep discounts um the last one i'd throw in there that's an older one is rayman legends is only 10 bucks down from 40 very good it's an old game but it just still holds up it's a really great platformer worth worth going back to 
Um, let's show off something of a different kind now with our now recurring work from home segment, Show and Tell. <laughs> Do you guys have any uh, cool things to show off? Who wants? To- this is a Definitely. segment where we we pull neat stuff in our house and show you it on camera if you're it watching like, on YouTube. Looks like Seth is ready to go first. Go ahead, Seth. Go, Seth. Seth. All got- right. The first video game that I ever bought with my own money was here we Mega go. Man 3. <laughs> and here I have not the one that I bought, but a complete inbox. Ooh. Copy. Pretty, pretty beat up. Doesn't matter. It's complete inbox. It's Mega Man 3. It's the first game I ever purchased with my own money for Christmas. I think Very it was good. like $79 when I bought it at like, what? Uh, yeah. It was a lot of money when I bought it at a uh, at a mall in Burlington, Vermont. Dang, man, that's a little piece of history. Yeah. What? Uh, where do you fall on the uh, the great two versus Mega three Man Two? Don't even I mean, three. <laughs> I love three, my man. But Mega Same. Man Two is is so it's just so perfect. Do you have a boxed copy of that too? No. Oh my god! You know how much those are? They're so <laughs> even like a a trashed Mega Man Two like loose cartridges is more than I am willing to spend when I oh, have, really? you know, yeah, those, those games, Mega Man two. Well, it might've dropped now, but it was, it surged in price and popularity there for a hot minute. Same with the Contra NES cart that was running for like 60 bucks on eBay. Wow. Being sold that much, not just listed. Goodness. It's fallen significantly since then. Brian, I just saw you pull something down. That's right. Uh, these are boxed complete Whoa. Famicom copies. Of the original Legend of Zelda and Zelda 2. Oh, they're wow. pretty much, I think they're in like mint condition. There's in uh, one of the manual, there were some stickers that a, a kid took out. And I'm oh, gonna, what a jerk. I'm going to find them. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are really awesome. Uh, many of you probably had the NES versions growing. Uh, I did not grow up in Japan, so I didn't get these versions. They have full color manuals uh, with illustrations and everything. Um, yeah, so this one has still all my the, heart. This one has all the stickers intact in the front. Um, and I just love, I love that art so much. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you guys have seen what the, you know, cartridges themselves look like or discs really They're It's basically a, a floppy disc with Zelda on it. Super cool. And it's got the little floppy disc paper sleeve and everything. So yeah, these are great. I've had these for a while. Uh, and they, I just display them. I don't have a Famicom. I, I can't play these anywhere so world's loudest truck just drove by <laughs> things are going good and we're back we had a uh, little technical difficulties we're back though with zach now zach what are you yeah i decided to take a uh, decidedly left turn for a nintendo show and very, bring a very non-nintendo item and that is my star wars empire strikes back lunchbox whoa the og yeah, so this is actually from, I believe it's from 79, the year before the movie came out, just before the wow. movie came out. And you can see some pretty cool stuff. So, like, um, one of my favorite things about it is that it's obviously based on concept art. I don't know if you can see this, but, like, yeah. look at the snow speeders are all boxy and weird. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and then uh, you've got, there's like just, like, a couple of other weird little things about it um, that, let's see, it says right here. This is uh, this is from eighty, so this must have been right when the movie came out. Like Darth Vader has like a weird, like very narrow look about him. Like yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, I I really love this thing. Um, I I got it from my uncle, uh, who had just had it like laying around in a closet, and I think I got it when I was like fourteen or fifteen. And when I saw it, I was like. 
can I have that lunchbox? And he thought that was really weird that I was very excited about <laughs> Empire Strikes Back lunchbox. Um, but it also has, um, let's see, it also has my, uh, you can see that my mom has written my name and has posted it here just in case <laughs> I should lose my lunchbox because yeah, I did, in fact, take it to school. So maybe That's I got amazing. it a little earlier than when I was 14 because I can't imagine that she was writing my name in lunchboxes then. So I um, love that that's used. Lived oh, yeah. Does it have totally. a thermos? That's my question. It doesn't have the thermos. I wish that it did. Yeah, have. I know. You got to hunt that down. It's probably on eBay. Is that probably from, so. Is that from 1981? 1980. Oh, nice. Yeah, because yeah. I, ha- I have this, uh, this Yoda from 1981 that's – yeah. Like, also kind of equally slightly off model. Just a little bit bootleg, yeah. just like a yeah. the way the way that, that just like slipped into the frame from below <laughs> is like is very good. Uh I'm gonna show off something that I showed off actually on the lost episode that died a while back. But uh people were asking me about this Kirby from episode five hundred. Uh this is a Kirby plush. The mirror Kirby, which is my favorite type of Kirby that I got in New York at the Nintendo store. Um and I told the story already, but I'm going to tell it again, which is when I walked into the Nintendo store, there's a section, there's a corner of that store that's just all Kirby plushes in different mm-hmm. powers. And, like, I definitely almost walked out with five Kirbys. I, <laughs> there were at least five or six that I wanted, and I, I had to limit myself, so I went with my my little Mark's, Mark's plush. That ah. section is great, by the way. I love yeah. I love that part of that store. The, uh, there's also, like... Kind of diagonal from that, there's a, a, like a whole Animal Crossing section, and they have that DJ KK Slider with like the thick Run DMC glasses and the turntables, and he's a plush. <laughs> and I I don't know why I, I have never bought that for myself, but I really should. <laughs> that seems like something that would be like on your hit list for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll, I'll order it now. What is what's wrong with me? <laughs> All right, let's take a, a quick sidestep to uh, some games that came out this week or are coming out this week. Uh, first up on the 7th for $60 was a game called Disaster Report 4 Summer Memories, uh, which actually came out Finally. in Japan in 2018 on PS4 and then 2019 on Switch and is a sequel to Disaster Report 3, which is from 2009. Wow. Uh, this is, do you Big guys enough. know anything about this game? I've not played it, but I heard very, very bad things, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> seems like it might coincide with i don't know worldwide economic collapses because that's no it's where we were. i believe that one is um, no, no i mean uh, in real life if it came out in 2009 oh, and now I think, it's coming out 2020 i think these are more real disasters like it's like surviving an earthquake basically but unfortunately i don't hear great things but it's one people have been waiting for it to come west for two years hmm. interesting another game uh We've already seen the Knights of Pen and Paper games, both the first one and the second one, out on Switch. Now there's the Galaxy of Pen and Paper, which is the sci-fi space-themed version of that. This came out on the 8th uh, for $12.50. And there's also a bundle now of all three of these games for $30. Uh, All of the Knights of Pen and Paper, all the Pen and Paper games, I think, are very, very good. uh, Little pixelated RPGs. um, Very, very much like them. Sweet. Cool. And finally... Uh, a game because I can't I can't not do this. A game I played on Steam in 2016. <laughs> uh, this is a game called Tharsis. It comes out on the 11th for $12. Uh, it's actually by Choice Provisions, who are the maker of the Bit Trip series. Yeah. Um, it, this is a dice-based game where you're trying to get a spaceship like full of your crew to Mars, but like things keep going wrong, and it gets really terribly dark. So like. 
if a crew member dies, you have to like make the choice of like whether you're gonna eat them or not because you're running out of food on this board. And then also it's all dice based. So like every time you make a choice, like if you need to repair something, you like roll dice and then you have to like slot certain numbers into certain things. Uh, it was a game that had some problems on launch, but has been patched and updated to kind of smooth out some of those issues. And it's one I definitely recommend on Switch as well. I haven't played the Switch port, but uh, it's a weird, weird, cool game, even if it is punishingly hard because of the fact that it's so randomized by dice and mm. the cannibalism, the stuff. I've played uh, I've played my fair share of those bit trip games. Do you feel like this is a pretty big departure from bit trip? It seems like it's, it's a bit more narrative driven, or it, not as much narrative, but it is a complete departure stylistically, uh-huh. gameplay wise. It is it is a very very different game for them, um, but still very cool and it's still very different. And like the the situation it puts you in on like this this trip to Mars that you just have to like you you're not gonna get there like successfully. without being scathed right like it's really a game of like managing how bad things get rather than like making sure everything's perfect it's very weird and cool so sort of like oregon trail kind of yeah it's a little bit like oregon trail but like more dice focused and space cannibals okay (laughs) sure uh so it's a kind of kind of a lighter week in terms of releases but Yeah, yeah definitely finally I think I might know the answer to this question, but what have you guys been playing this week? Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing Animal Crossing. Uh, I've been playing it a lot. I'm at the 140-hour mark now. i got a lot of hours in that game. Uh, uh, I rolled credits yesterday, um, so that means that I finally have access to paths and uh, the terrain editor. Um, Man, I, I said this to uh, some of my friends that I've been playing with, but like, uh, I really love Animal Crossing. I think it's one of my favorite games of this generation. Um, I've never loved a game that I've been so annoyed with as much as I've been <laughs> Animal Crossing because that's that, a good way to put it. That Pathmaker sucks. Like trying to put down paths and like I'm constantly, you know, pathing the wrong thing over or picking it up when I didn't mean to or like. It sucks. It, it's really annoying that you can't select multiple squares and just like put this here. Like it's it's bad. And this is the first like like I've had little gripes about the game here and there, but this is the first thing that I'm like, okay, this is an actively bad system. Um, it's not going to deter me from playing because I want my town to look so super dope. But it's also like the terrain editor. It, it, it's a little annoying that you can't just look at a grid and select where things go. You have to eyeball a lot of stuff, and so like mm. I. You know, I moved my tailor shop and my um, uh, nook's cranny. I moved them to the other side of the island, and I wanted to put them in the middle of the square and have, like, a path between them. Well, when the shops got erected, you know, on different days, I realized that my tailor shop is just, like, one square higher on the map than my other. And, like, it's going to drive me crazy. Like, every time I run past it, and it's so annoying that I can't just, like, line things up the way I want to on a map when I'm given the option to like edit terrain or edit um, placement of stuff. Um, So it's like the late game of animal crossing has me definitely feeling less enthusiastic than the 135 hours that I spent previously. I mean, I'm still obsessed with the game. I still really, really love it. And it's been an excellent outlet. Um, But yeah, that this, (laughs) my, my favor has turned a little bit in the last couple of days, but it's probably something that I'll get over. 
Yeah, no, well, I completely agree with you. I I've been dealing, I've been struggling with the same thing. It's the it's super finicky. It uh the when you're like paving things over or making rivers, um, there are essentially like three options. There's clear out the water entirely, make a curved area of the water, or just make it all water. And the amount of times that you do that incorrectly or and have to repeat the sequence of events um, is is really cumbersome and really annoying. It's also lining up your paths is really difficult. I had to basically like trick it. So when you're making, um, when you're landscaping, you're making like, you know, like terrain. Um, the best way to do it is to create, like if you're clearing it out, you have to make like uh, alternating rows of like blank spaces because otherwise it will start making the curve shapes. Right. I sound, this sounds crazy right now, but this is the kind of stuff that you end up doing in a late game. Because yeah. this is your opportunity to, you know, rectify all those like annoying uh like rivers and edges that you it's, have it's, over it's, your it's you trying to eliminate the number of times that you have to pull out your ladder or your pole vault like yeah yeah exactly exactly and so you can do all that um i'm 100 in the same in the same boat uh as you zach in like one i i put all of my villagers in rows and like one of them was like two spaces back instead of and it's just like i i eyed it out um and only I could like oh, this is something only I know. But so what? <laughs> like it's enough yeah. to drive me crazy. Um, yeah, I had that happen. It's also like uh, you can't move a bridge; you can only destroy a bridge. And right. the game early on has you making like the crappiest bridge in the game as part of the progress. And so, understandably, you're going to want to nuke that thing and put in a better one. And so you don't get any money back on that. You just destroy it. So you can't. You can move houses you can move furniture you can move all that stuff but you can't move a bridge so you have to destroy the bridge wait a day build a new one yeah and then build a new one and then like fund it and then wait a day and it turns into this whole thing and so so, that's the other thing that's that's a little gets a little cumbersome is like it the the everything starts compounding you know where it's like i want to move now i need to move everything slightly right but that means that i have to pay uh, 150,000 bells and I have to wait three days to move those buildings because they only move one building at a time, you know, one building a day. And so it's like, I, I wish that the late game stuff opened up a little bit more and allowed you to do like get around some of the early, earlier rule sets. Um, because yeah, right now it's like, uh, it's totally scaled back the time. Like I was playing for hours and hours, like six hours, you know, like I get off of work and play until I went to sleep. But now it's like, okay, well, I really can't do anything until I move this building and I can only move this building and then have to wait until tomorrow until it's constructed before I can do this other stuff. So like, you know, like the last few nights I've played half an hour, 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. like somewhere in there. It's just like, well, okay, this is all I can do today. Yeah, it's annoying that uh, Tom Nook basically like progress walls you and goes, oh, you can't build like an incline and a bridge at the same time. And you're like, why? And he's like, it's just too much to, to deal with. And you're like, your island has a, a camel, uh, like a, a drunk seagull, like a rabbit that's probably you, 60 balloons. Uh, you know, there's a fishing tournament. Like, a, you can multitask. You can handle this. And he just doesn't. He doesn't want to deal with it. So, yeah, it just it, – it definitely it definitely gets a little annoying. I, I will say that, like, I, I, I know that eventually, like, after you break 100 – uh, tools you get access to the gold ones that still break. Um, I would like that after if, if after you rolled credits there was some version where you could you know you didn't have to craft two shovels every time you wanted one shovel 
or two fishing rods. Like that's the kind of stuff that like a hundred, 200 hours in. And Zach, you totally nailed it. Like when you go into your house, you can like the grid system of popping out bird's eye view and selecting a bunch of furniture. It took them, you know, admittedly like 25 years to get there. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really hoping it doesn't take 25 years for them to let us do that on the actual terrain. Cause hitting a bird's eye view button and being able to like, just make a mountain or a river and seeing it from up there rather than like boots on the ground um, would have been so much better. Uh, but yeah, like this is, I, it, it won't, it won't take away all the joy I've had with this game and all the fun I've had with this game. Um, but it is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree. One of the things is I, so like last week I was playing, I, I already mentioned this last week I was playing final fantasy seven remake for review. Um, and then yeah, we know, we know didn't, we didn't play, <laughs> I didn't play Animal Crossing literally at all for a week where I had gone from playing it pretty much every, literally every day and pretty much every night uh, to just not playing for a week. And I was, I was genuinely terrified to go back. Like I was scared to see what I would come back to. I was like, had this horrifying idea of like, oh, I've missed all this iron ore. I missed all these fossils. My villagers are going to be mad at me. There's going to be weeds everywhere. It's going to be the worst. And I finally went back at the like end of the weekend and I was like, oh, this isn't bad at all. Right. And, like, it's actually given me, like, it's funny to hear you guys talking about the end game because I'm not there yet. And it's actually given me a lot of confidence to just, like, play more relaxed because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not worried about, like, oh, like, I'm not, I'm not on pace with my friends. Like, my friends have X ability to do this. And, like, if I don't play every day, I'm not going to have that thing. Like, that pressure is just sort of gone, which is really nice. And then also, like, now I'm just not really worried about, like, missing a day here and there. Like, it, it from a more casual standpoint, like it actually feels really good to be able to be like, Oh, like at this point, like I don't, I really don't have to play every day. I can keep playing when I want to and really enjoy it. But like, I don't have this pressure of like, you gotta, gotta get on your chores. You gotta hit every tree. If you don't hit every tree every day, you're not going to get all the wood you could get. Like, I just like, that's gone. And it feels really, really nice. So like, I'm kind of the other, the other side of you guys where it's like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of cool with the the slower pace for now, but I imagine towards the end it does get very very annoying. It's a uh, I think it's pretty forgiving with um like weeds and cockroaches and stuff like that. Uh, I did, I did one of like Janet Garcia, uh, who's been on the show a bunch of times, did a did an article about like basically putting a hundred thousand bells in your bank account and then traveling to the year twenty sixty, and you get like a you get a hundred thousand dollars of like uh, in, interest on it. And so I just kept jumping back and forth from uh, like the year 20 or the year 2000 to the year 2060, which is like the highest that your system clock can go on switch. I don't know what they want us to do with our systems in 2060, by the way, they'll have to patch that. Um, Y260 bug. Yeah. And you come back and a couple of animals are like, that was weird. <laughs> what, if you, what if you came back? What if you came back and they all had like time travel whiplash, like their noses were bleeding and they're like throwing up and they're like, what, what was that? Like, that'd be yeah, so was, awesome. I was talking to uh, uh, Rocco, who's a rhino, and he just started fading away. <laughs> uh-huh. like, doing a real Marty McFly, like. But yeah, you go back. You go back in your house. So there's like a bunch of weeds all over town, but it takes five minutes to clean them up. And you go back in your house, and your character's like, Ding! and there's like two cockroaches on the ground, and you step on them, and then he's like, ah, we're good. And that's it. <laughs> it's really like the, I, I remember the GameCube one. Like you would come back, and it would look like a John Carpenter movie set. Like it was, well, it was... and worse than that, every villager you talked to would be like, "Where have you been? Like, what the hell were you? Yeah." 
Whereas this time it was like the first person was like, oh, I haven't seen you in a bit. And then there's nobody mentioned it again. And I was like, cool, great. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, have you been on that island life? You know what? Last night was the first night I didn't play Animal oh. Crossing. Yeah. I got my trash room that I spoke of um, on an earlier episode of this show. Where And now if anybody wants to bring me garbage, shoes, cans, tires, I'm trying to build more garbage bags and just junk cardboard boxes for my garbage house. So I kind of, <laughs> I've reached my goal and now I'm going to play Final Fantasy IX some more. <laughs> Great game. Fair enough. It's a, Fair it's, enough. it's, it's, you know, Tom talked about playing Final Fantasy VII, and I'm playing a good Final Fantasy. So, ooh, whoa, wow, wow. There's some shade getting thrown. Just uh, like it is. What are you, playing play- are you playing on Switch? Yeah, it's on Switch. It's awesome. It's nice. Switch is the best way to play RPGs. I, I replayed it. I replayed it last year and was like pleasantly surprised with how well that game is held up yeah the my biggest problem with it right now is i haven't played since i don't know october and so (laughs) i just i'm walking around trying to remember what you're supposed to do next next. yeah so i I believe there's some uh some wiki guides on ign.com i might have to check out because i don't know where i'm supposed to go right Well, uh, it sounds like Animal Crossing continues to consume our lives. I apologize. Maybe next week we'll have uh, a different video game, like more than two games to talk about. Cooking Mama. Could be Cooking Mama, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Let's take some questions, though, in a little game. We like to call Question Block. Uh, Let me grab some... Phil Mansfield asks, do you think we'll see possible integration between LEGO Mario and the rumored remasters? Ooh. No, I don't think no. so. Boy, that would be cool. So. Yeah, that's kind of my vibe too. Is that Lego is just going to kind of be a separate thing, and probably they won't cross over very much, if at all. There's, the, the Lego is going to have an app that'll that'll tie into it, and that'll probably be. Yeah, we. I so my big bummer about this whole thing is that we're not just getting like a Lego Mario game in the same way we've gotten Lego Star Wars and, and Lego Jurassic Park and stuff like that. Um, but I think that the, the toys to life this stuff died so hard that i don't think anyone's going to bring it back i mean even ubisoft bringing back uh or trying it out for Star Fox years too late um like we said earlier those are all you know at five below right now like you can get yeah well the, the thing about star this thing at starlink too is that starlink was like you said two years after toys to life had died mm-hmm. right and it didn't succeed and therefore toys to life is not coming back though like that's that's pretty much where we're at amiibo are sort of their own thing now that are just going to keep being amiibo and aren't really toys to life in the same way right i I would even argue that the people still collecting amiibo at this point are like completionists and people who want the yeah pair people (laughs) who want the full smash brothers set um and I think a lot of that is the sort of like sunken cost fallacy of like, I've gotten this far, I might as well finish it off. Um, whereas I was somehow able to pull myself away from that a few years ago and, and stop, which is... Yeah, only by the ones that I really like, like Dark Samus. It's, yeah, that's, that's a super good one. I think that's the way people should collect stuff. But um, I don't know, the Smash Brothers is like, the, like the old games had that whole table where all the you know, trophies and toys are all right there. And so they, they look good together. There's a power number. So, if, I mean, if you've been collecting them for years, I don't blame you, but I don't think anyone's buying those Amiibo now being like, but what do they do? <laughs> you know, like that's totally gone out the window. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. 
Louis Aoki asks a question I'm actually really interested to hear Seth's take on as well for this. Would you prefer a Switch Pro or a 64 Mini? Uh, if you, in a world where you only had to choose one of those two. I mean, I guess I don't see the purpose of either one of those things. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess a 64 Mini, sure, why not? Yeah. I, I would say I would say a Switch Pro that has 64 games built in <laughs> in an app like uh, yeah, you never had any more. That's the wish for more wishes approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. No, I I, I just want to I want a portable Mario 64 that has a joystick. You know, um, but I like I'm I don't know playing playing Animal Crossing for 200 hours. I wasn't like, oh boy, better better get a Switch Pro because this is really. <laughs> really chugging like right check out the mip mapping yeah right like wow i wish i wish this i wish this furniture looked better like it's (laughs) like it looks great it's that's a that's actually one of the most beautiful games nintendo's ever made it's like super clean yeah Uh, it looks really nice all right let's say one more from brad carico what animal currently not in animal crossing would you like so what what animal type creature would you like to see that is not already in this game? Turtles are not in this game right now. Tortimore, the mayor, oh, yeah. has, is either in that grave that was in the Nintendo Direct or. <laughs> oh, what? He's like 90. He did. It's uh-huh. not like he got hit by a car. He's it's middle aged for a turtle. That uh-huh. is true. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, that, that, would be, that would be tragic if a turtle died at 90. You'd be like, he had so much life left to give. Yeah, 200 more years to be mayor. Um, no, there's no turtles. That'd be good if they added the turtle. Um, I've watched a lot of BoJack uh, Horseman in the last few years. And one of my favorite uh, things about that show is it's got a lot of anthropomorphic animals. And the best one by far is the humpback whale that's also a newscaster. And it's just like <laughs> a giant whale head coming out of a button-down shirt. And I think that'd be a great addition to an Animal Crossing Village. It's just like a big whale man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want the, uh, I can't remember what they're called, the tardigrades, the little microscopic six-legged little teddy bears. I want them walking around. What is the what? nightmare creature that you're describing? What are you How talking about? How do you guys about? know about the tardigrade? Oh, uh, you can survive in space. You can freeze it and (laughs) thaw it out. What? I got to Google this right now. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's called the water bear or the tardigrade. (laughs) T-A-R-D-I-G-R-A-D-E. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) I hate them. It's like a little Michelin man. Very real honest reaction of (laughs) (laughs) you. This looks like a butthole with legs. Who doesn't? Wow. Touche. Uh, I, I am going to go for a really terrifying existential crisis answer. Worse than the last one? Worse than the tardigrade? Yes. <laughs> Worse than the last one, I think. Uh, since we have, like, Blathers, who is an owl, but then also an owl will show up on, like, the notice board, and we have, like, bird villagers, but then there are birds, I want a fish villager. I want a genuine fish villager that you can walk up to his house and show off the fish you caught, and he'll be like, good job. <laughs> like, I want it to go full, terrible, Kafka-esque, who, why is this fish man okay with this sort of thing? Oh, I want to no. see the fish villager fishing in your lake. Like, that's what, where I want this to go. What if he's constantly like, I can't breathe? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd be cool if it was like a Sandy Cheeks, like from SpongeBob sort of thing, where he's just got like a, a fishbowl full of water oh, on his head. Is that- <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's I want. Mm-hmm. I feel really lame now. I was like, turtles. <laughs> no, it's a good answer. I they carry their house on their back. <laughs> I, I miss Stormer and dude, frankly, I, I'm fine with the Dodos. The Dodos are cute. I like their airplane service. I miss Cap'n more than anything else in oh, this game. Yeah. Mm. Cap'n also, the, the boat driver. This is a question you'll never hear me ask in real life, but where are the cops? <laughs> oh, yeah. <What>? <laughs> there used to be cops in this game. There were dog cops. They just yeah. stopped. So what are they just saying there's no more crime? There's definitely still crime. I mean, I think that as you're building a, an entire town on a deserted island, there's a lot of infrastructure that still needs to be put into place. So maybe there's cop DLC coming and you can live out your dog cop dreams. <laughs> Dude, those dodos don't want cops anywhere definitely near not. their operation. Everybody knows it's a, it's a known Animal Kingdom fact. Dodos hate cops and dogs. So it's a real double whammy. That's why dodos are extinct, actually. It was because yep. of the cops. The thing that that dodo pilot tells you when he drops you off and it's like, we can never come back here ever, ever. Do whatever you want. We'll never come back. Don't worry about yeah. it. Like, like that is that is some terror. They don't want police yeah. anywhere near that operation. Yo, that's and then when he- you can do some messed up stuff out here. Yeah. Just be cool about it. I think he breaks the burner phone in half and throws it overboard. (laughs) We got to go right now. (laughs) One of the weirdest things about like playing this month is that random villagers will come up to you and they'll be like, Hey man, there's (laughs) eggs in the rocks. (laughs) 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 Kept smashing and eggs came out. (laughs) My my brother went on vacation. There was eggs in the rocks. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) On that chaotic note, uh, I think let's wrap up the show. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Thank you all for listening to our insanity and all the continued Animal Crossing talk. Uh, thank you, Logan, as always, for helping us out with the show as our production assistant. Uh, you can always find us on YouTube, on IGN.com, anywhere you can listen to podcast stuff, all of those places. You can also write into us at NVC at IGN.com. Uh, we love you very, very much. And uh, remember, this is the only place where you can get the eggs uh, and the eggs. Oh, uh, no. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.